Okay, hello everybody. There we go. Periscope, Facebook, podcast, all seems to be coming up right now. Uh, welcome to uh, Sportscope, everybody, on this. Make sure I'm fully plugged in here on this 28th day of um, October 2019 edition. I want to get into the games. I want to say I told you so, but I told you so it was a week ahead on this San Francisco 49er team, everybody. And um, there were some firings today. There was a bad, there was a trade today. I want to talk about the value of scouting and general managers. Uh, that's the boring part about the fans. Don't really understand some of the younger fans, the older educated fans in this league realize you have to have good management. Good management leads to good coaching. Good coaching leads to good quarterback play. Good quarterback play leads to wins. And wins lead to uh, playoff success and ultimately Super Bowls. But I'll get into all that here in just a little bit. And I also want to say that Cleveland, this Cleveland Browns team, don't give up on them soon. Uh, I'll get into that as well. But first... This is what I think is the biggest story in sports today. Uh, I talked about on Friday's program how there is a secret uh, grudge. There's a vendetta. There's a uh, vendetta. There is a a competitive grudge match between Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. There was a report out last night that Brady uh, was very irritated with the release of Josh Gordon. He was annoyed with um, the release of Antonio Brown. And, uh, I mean, he was okay with the Mohamed Sanu pickup. But today, there's a story out this morning, this afternoon, excuse me. Bill Belichick is now saying he may coach past 70. This is on Pro Football Talk. Today, uh, Bill Belichick said on the famous WEEI out of Boston it says Bill Belichick was reminded today on WEEI in 2009. Wow, 10 years ago. He said, I would li- I, I won't be like Marv Levy. That's the famous Buffalo Bill coach that got this team to coach this team to four straight Super Bowls back in the early 90s. Uh, said that I won't be like Marv Levy and coaching in my 70s in reference to the Hall of Fame coach. Referred to the Bills at 72. Belichick now says he was only joking. When I said it, maybe I didn't know what 70 felt like. So not really sure if that's an accurate statement, Belichick said. Belichick 67. He uh, could easily coach to a 73, which he could would make him the oldest coach in NFL history. Uh and, P- and Pete Carroll's seven months older than Belichick. Belichick earned his 300th win. They beat to Cleveland on Sunday. Surely would love coach 48 more games. Listen to this. To pass Don Shula. Don Shula has openly said he does not care for Belichick. He's de- he's called Belichick everything but a cheater. Be- uh, Shula's coached the 72 Dolphins that went undefeated. Coached Dan Marino all those years. Uh Got a lot of wins, but really, he's not the coach of a Bill Belichick. He's still 48 wins past that. He will have to coach to at least the 70 to get that. So, ironically, everybody, what did I say here on Friday? Listen to my soundbite. This is on Belichick and Brady. Well, a lot of people said uh, my dad called me Sunday and said they'll get their first loss playing a Carolina team off of bye week. 51 points later, I was right again about the San Francisco 49ers. They're they're legit. They are legit Super Bowl team. Here's my soundbite from Friday's program, guys. Everybody, America, Tom Brady don't like Bill Belichick, and Bill Belichick don't like Tom Brady. I know that they have been to nine Super Bowls. I want to say they won six. God knows how many playoff games, how many records. Um... They they do not like each other. And I just want to give everybody a little bit of recap of how this relationship has played out, okay? Uh, Bill Belichick 
Bill Belichick said his best football player ever coach was Lawrence Taylor. That was a linebacker when he was a uh, defensive coordinator for the Giants back in the 80s, everybody. Tom Brady had uh, went over Bill Belichick's head or had Robert Kraft trade Jimmy Garoppolo. Tom Brady in his documentary said he felt underappreciated. Uh, also, remember Bill Belichick? Those of you just come on, this is a soundbite from Friday's program. I'll make a point here in just a second. Because he was one to ride on the team plane, and other players were listening to this trainer. Okay, Bill Belichick did not want uh, the trainer going back on revisionist history here. Uh, uh, advising the players not to use the team trainer. So basically, he fired the guy, said he couldn't ride on the team plane. Ironically, today, Bill Belichick says on WEI, yeah, I'll coach past 67. I'll coach past 70. Why would he say that uh, less than a week after Bill uh, Tom Brady, uh, the report comes out from Adam Scheffner that he is going to sell his house and he is uh trainer is going to sell his house and, quote, it's least likely that he will come back to the Patriots next season. What does all this say? This says that Bill Belichick is telling the world that I'm going to go out and get another quarterback and I'm going to show the world that I can do this without Tom Brady. That's exactly what this says. This is not by accident. Bill Belichick is the most prepared, measured, vindictive coach that I've ever seen. That, Quite frankly, he's the best football coach. But he's also, to be the best like that, you have to be extremely dedicated, disciplined, and ultimately... Um, yeah, I, th I think that they'll beat Arizona both times. You know, remember this, everybody. They played the Rams with two with their uh, with the tackle out and a guard out. Excuse me, their right and left tackle out on a short week, and they beat the Rams like a drum. This team is legit. I'll get to the 49ers in a little bit, but isn't it ironic that Belichick saying that I'll coach past I'm seventy? Basically, he's telling everybody, "Hey, listen." Listen, everybody, I'm going to go out and get another quarterback, and I'm going to do it without Tom Brady. And last uh, Friday's program, I said, Tom Brady, the lead, the, uh, he, he, he's wanting to play to. He's 45 years old. Both players, both player and coach are both hinting at, I want to beat the opposition. I see Brady, uh, the best case, uh, likely case scenario for him would be to come to the Tennessee Titans because of his previous relationships I talked about on Friday's program as well with the head coach Mike Vrabel, John Robertson, uh, a lot of the defensive players know Tom Brady. He can go out and get Charlie Weiss, former uh, offensive coordinator of the Patriots, who's currently not working right now. I'm just putting this all together. I don't think it's a coincidence that Bill Belichick told WEEI, the biggest radio station in Boston, one of the most talked about sports uh, talk show uh, stations in the country. He knew the national media would pick it up and report it. It was reported later on this afternoon, uh, less than a week after that Tom Brady, uh, there were Adam Sheffer reports, the least likely of options for him to come back. I doubt if Tom Brady is going to retire. And Bill Belichick is saying, hey, look, I'm 67. I think I can coach past 70. So I think that's really interesting. I think these two players uh, this player and coach are going to come at each other like nobody's business over the next few years. Uh, I'm curious to see what happens after this season. Now, I could be wrong. Yeah, Brady could retire after the season, but I seriously doubt it. And I just don't know why Belichick would say that. Because I think that my point is, I believe that Belichick wants to show the world that it's mainly about him. It's not about Tom Brady. It's about his system and just having a right quarterback that does exactly what he asked him to do. Speaking of that game, everybody, I know what the national media is saying. I listened to the national media. I heard, uh, was it Rex Ryan, uh, so-called genius, saying that, that they will fire, they meaning the Cleveland Browns, will fire Freddie Kitchens. And let me tell you something, everybody. I watched that game. I've got the stat line to that game. This team is very, very close. This team, who got Denzel Ward back, and they got Greedy Williams back on defense, uh, don't 
believe the hype when it comes to Fire Freddy Kitchens, Baker Mayfield's overrated. Listen to this. Like I said, I watched every single snap in that game on Red Zone. And total yards, 310 to 318. Total rushing yards, Cleveland, 159 yards to 79 yards. There were three turnovers in that game by Cleveland. One of them was a fluke play where it looked like that um, Chubb was inside the red zone. Guy comes up, strips the ball. Very good heads-up play by the corner. I I think it was Stephon Gilmore might have been the safety. But my point is this team, uh, without those turnovers, even without two of them, they beat this New England team. It was 27-13 for the final. But let me tell you something. This team is very close. Uh, the time of possession was 32-27. to 27. Uh, The penalties have killed. Yeah, 13 penalties, 85 yards for Cleveland. You cut them penalties down. You take away two of those, uh, two of those uh, um, turnovers there, and you got yourself a victory. The only other team that got close was Buffalo at 135 yards rushing. This team did it at New England. I understand. It was on off of a bye week, and New England played on Monday night. But let me tell you something. This Cleveland team, uh, I said this when they played the 49ers the other day. They have a very similar running game to the 49ers when they run uh, that wide zone kind of counterplay where it gives Chubb more room to run. It also gives him more room to get blasted on. Don't get me wrong. But I think this Cleveland team – if I'm the owner here, listen to this, listen to who they play after this. This team is two and five. I'll make a prediction. There's a very good chance this team could go 10 and six. They got to play Denver at home next. Buffalo's a tough defense, but we saw Philadelphia beat them last, last week. They can get beat. They got to play this Pittsburgh team. Yeah, that was twice, but that Pittsburgh team, they got a good win today, but they're not that great. They play this dreadful Miami team. Dreadful Cincinnati team, uh, bottom of the barrel Arizona team, and then they've already beat Baltimore at Baltimore, put 40 points on them. Then they got to play Cincinnati again. How many tough teams do they got left? Buffalo and maybe at Pittsburgh. Denver's probably going to be going off their quarterback. Well, they made that excuse up that uh, Joe Flacco has a neck injury. His neck injury is he's not playing that well. That's his neck injury. It's from the from the head, from the shoulders up injury, if you ask me. But yeah, uh, all this hype. Now I'll say this: even if they go say nine and seven, I know Colin Coward talks about uh, that's what he predicted from the get go. You give Freddie Kitchens one more year to get this. Remember, they're going to also get Cream Hunt back. After, uh, I think in two weeks, after week eight, they're going to get Cream Hunt back. Look how good Nick Chubb is playing. I mean, yeah, could they probably trade one of those high-end receivers and get some more offensive line or defensive line help? Yes, but the talent is there. You could see it coming together for this team. Uh, They're in position now in the draft that they don't have to draft for need. They can draft for best player available. When you're drafting for best player available, you're just getting the most talented player. You're usually going to come out better when you draft like that. They have the ability to move up or they can move back for depth. I would say just draft the best player available or move back for depth if I'm um, if I'm the GM there in Cleveland. But, you know, I just would not – I just would not fire Freddie Kitchens this year. I know what Rex Ryan, which is not the smartest apple in the tree. He's not the brightest apple by no means. The teams he uh, starts off with, they they do great, and then they fall downhill. But the thing is about this team and this owner and this uh, reputation of this owner, they've got their ducks in a row. Remember, they've got a second-year quarterback. People think Baker Mayfield's been in the – he's been talked about in the league. It's like he's been in the league for years. they got a first-year head coach who was not even offensive coordinator for a full year. He was a position coach, turn coordinator, turn head coach, learning on the job. Now, if he, if he can't keep these penalties down this time next year and these players revolt, yeah, you probably want to uh, let him go. 
But I would I would keep Freddie Kitchens the rest of this year, and quite frankly, I would keep him all of next year. You've got this if you're the Haslam family who's on this organization, you've got to show that kind of patience. Uh, I would give that order to the general manager. Let him be patient. Let him continue to build, bring that great Kareem Hunt. I mean, wow, Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb. Let him do his thing with uh, let Freddie and, and him empower Freddie Kitchens uh, to discipline some of these players if they're if they're screwing up in class uh, and and, and uh, practice and everything and not showing up on time. Get these guys behind. Cleveland has something special. They really played well. Um, I, like I said, I watched that game. A lot of narrative people want to bounce on Cleveland because they've got all these star players. It's good for ratings and all that. But the truth be told, the talent is there. The scheme is there. I like the way they run the ball. Chubb has got to hold on to that football. He cannot let people, um, you know, strip him like that. The butt fumble was a flukish play, just like it was for Sanchez there. Uh, actually, if you want to, they actually outgain every opponent of against the Patriot team. The Patriots, I had um, I had Sony Michelle on my fantasy team, 74 yards. They held him to under 100 yards rushing. Brady had a mediocre game. Brady had three sacks in that game. Normally, nobody can get a paw on Brady. This team is ready-made. You could see it coming together. They're probably going to go between 10 and 6 and 9 and 7, probably just missed the playoffs. I had them going as a play as a as a wild card team. That was saying a lot for a second-year quarterback and a first-year head coach. I get it. But I think once this team uh, gets another year under their belt, I think they can beat a healthy uh, Pittsburgh team. They already put four. Look how good this Ravens defense is. They put 40 points on this defense. And this Ravens defense went all the way to Seattle and beat them, put 30 points on Seattle in Seattle. So this team is a lot better than what they look like right now. And like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if they still didn't make the playoffs. They've got the talent. They've got the swagger. And quite frankly, they're going to have the depth. And when they get um, when they get Cream Hunt back, they can use that much more running game in their playbook. Now, of course, Landry and Odell Beckham, hopefully they won't start pounding about getting the ball too much. They need to just block, use their butts and get on, get on their high horse and block downfield and, and uh, be physical with teams because they're going to have the running game. And they've got the coaching on the defensive side. I like the way that Denzel Ward, Greedy Williams played. Uh, Brady looked uncomfortable all day in that game. Remember, he had a lot of short fields. They had three turnovers, this Brown team. So if I'm a Brown fan, I'm seeing it come together. Now, this time next year, if they're 2-5 and five, without a lot of major injuries, Okay, go ahead and get rid of Freddie uh, Kitchens. But right now, the way they're drawing up their plays, the way they're scheming, the way they're running the ball on this uh, a team like New England, I like a lot of what they're doing right now. Maybe in the draft, maybe add another linebacker or two, maybe another pass rush. More likely get another linebacker to slow you down across the middle. Maybe add another guard here or something like that on offensive line, everybody. But uh, I'll tell you what. This team is something to be proud of if you're a Browns fan. You guys have a lot of good pieces there, and they look like they're gelling the better, just a little bit better every week. Remember, they played the best team in football this week in this New England Patriot team. Okay, again, I told everybody that I was a week ahead. Distant love of the game, not a regard of life. Oh, I don't know what that means. But anyways, um, okay, last week I said this about the uh, – I was a week ahead on national media. That's why I said I'm eventually going to be the most influent. I don't have the budget everybody else got. I don't have a boatload of uh, – thank you. I appreciate it. I don't have a boatload of, of, of producers – and I don't have inside sources in the league. I just got my own two eyes, my instincts, and I do read a lot. And I watch a lot of these games, everybody. But this is my take from last week on the uh, San Francisco so 49ers. Not a lot of unbelievable 
unsung heroes in the trenches on their defense, this 49er team. But let me tell you something. They remind me a lot of 11-5, 2003, 2004 uh, Carolina Panther team. Nobody really saw him coming, got a lot of momentum down the stretch, didn't really have a great quarterback, but he had a quarterback they feel like they can win, kind of like Jimmy Garoppolo, had Julius Peppers on their defensive line. That was back with Julius Peppers. Julius Peppers is this year's Nick Bosa. Played really well, got all his Super Bowl, played against the Patriots. Uh, Jake Long, those, uh, remember him? But this team was led by their defense. Nobody really saw him coming. They were a year ahead on the rebuild, and they didn't do nothing afterwards. That's what this 49er team feels like. Uh, other teams, the 1999-2000 Baltimore Raven team and the 98-99 team, Baltimore Ravens went 8-8. Eight eight. Or, excuse me, yeah, the 99 team. In the uh, 2000 Ravens, they went, uh, obviously they won a Super Bowl. They're another team. Actually, that was a 99-2000 um, Tennessee Titans and the 2000-2001 Raven team and the 2006-2007 Chicago Bears team. All those teams were teams that were ahead of schedule. They had great defenses, didn't have the best quarterbacks in the world. Uh, I know Tennessee's uh, quarterback, Steve Manair, later became a uh, MVP. Wasn't playing at an MVP level that year, but remember they had Javon Kurz. Uh, this other team had Julius Peppers. This team has Nick Bosa. They've also got other pass rushers that play well within their scheme. They uh, remember Carolina. Everybody came off of bye week uh, under Cal Allen. This Carolina team went to Houston and beat this Houston team, which a lot of people are saying is is probably the third best team in the AFC went there and beat them in Houston, okay? This team had a bye week. They had Christian McCaffrey, very uh, pretty much healthy, 100% on the defensive side of the ball, and they gave up 51 points to this San Francisco team. Uh, Tevin Coleman, yes, yes. Hey, man, I'm telling you, man, that Tevin Coleman, uh, a player that I really considered taking on fantasy, only reason I did not take one or recommend taking any of the running backs because they have Matt Breida. They have the other running back there. They have three running backs strong to take on uh, for this San Francisco team. Listen, Cal Shanahan, uh, I watched some of those plays. They're running plays, receivers running out of the backfield. I want to say it was Samuel or somebody. Uh, one of the receivers I never heard of. Uh, had like a 60-yard run there. They've got some excellent schemes. Remember, this coach was the offensive coordinator for Atlanta that had this Patriot team, again, let me remind you, everybody, down 28-3 at halftime. So this San Francisco team is one of the best teams in the NFC. A lot of people were saying they are the best team in the NFC. I'm still saying... Once uh, uh, Green Bay gets fully healthy, gets Devontae Adams, needs to be a player in the trade market. I'm going to talk about a trade here in a minute. I can see this team um, really winning. Uh, their defense is better. I like Green Bay a lot, but Green Bay does not have the defensive. Uh, they don't have the pass rush this team's got. Uh, back in coverage. They're a little bit better at linebacker. But this team right here is traveling. Uh, they've got the right kind of running game that keeps their defense off the field. Uh, they got a quarterback that is not making a lot of mistakes. They do have a solid tight end. Uh, they made this trade for Emmanuel Sanders. They're creeping up under the radar. They're undefeated. Uh, you really got to keep your eyes open on this San Francisco team, everybody. Let's see. I'm trying to see. Okay. So top 10. I'm not one of these power ranking guys. I'm just going to tell you who I think can win the Super Bowl as of October 28, 2019. Uh, yeah, October 28, 2019. I'm in central time zone. It's still the 28th. Okay. Obviously, New England. We saw what New England can do. Uh, New Orleans. 
They get their backup quarterback in, they go undefeated. Okay? New Orleans, New England, Green Bay. I think I still think Green Bay will get better as the season goes along. Yes, I said it. I think Green Bay will get better as the season goes along. And, of course, San Francisco. Pass rush, quarterback don't make a lot of mistakes, running game. What does that sound like? That sounds like, I don't know, the 98-99 Denver Broncos. That sounds like, I don't know, the 2015 Broncos. Um, it's not quite the 2000 Ravens as far as defensive efficiency. But this defense is really good. I wish that they played New England in the regular season, and unfortunately they do not. Uh, when healthy, yes, this Kansas City team, tomorrow is the deadline. I've already talked about who they should go after. Some of these players from Cincinnati, these cast-off, Geno Atkins to name a few. Uh, Patrick Mahomes will be back next week. Look how close this team played Green Bay. Now, I said I've got Green uh, Kansas City beating Green Bay in the Super Bowl. I look pretty good right there with that call. Uh, Matt Moore, it's a 24 points with Matt Moore. You, you lose by one touchdown. Uh, Aaron Rodgers makes a miraculous throw to win this game. Uh, also, okay, so like I said, two teams in the AFC, three teams in the NFC. Not real sure about Dallas, quote, winning the Super Bowl. And Minnesota, all those teams, uh, Baltimore's way too predictable. I don't see any of those teams winning the Super Bowl. Again, um, obviously New England, uh, New Orleans, Green Bay, San Francisco, Kansas City, once they get back healthy. Houston is not. Uh, they've already started to get some more injuries in their offensive line. Larry Tunsil, I saw him go down in that game. They have a really bad secondary. They're decent up front with J.J. Watt and Whitney Merciless. Watts looked like he was our – yeah, J.J. Watt, not T.J. T.J. had a great game for Pittsburgh tonight. But uh, J the J.J. Watt, the older brother, looked like he was banged up. Um, looked like he was banged up coming into that game. So I don't think Houston could get there. It's either going to be Kansas City or New England out of the AFC. I'm sorry. That's just the way it is. But New Orleans, Green Bay, San Francisco, any one of those teams can beat the Patriots. Again, New Orleans, Green Bay, even San Francisco, because of Cal Shanahan's uh, excellent coaching and scheming, he can find a way to run the ball. As I said on this program a few weeks ago, I like the way that Cleveland runs the ball with their zone blocking and those counters that they run. Who runs them better? This San Francisco team. Look what San, San Francisco almost had 300 yards against Cleveland. Cleveland runs a similar set. They had 159 yards, the most any team has ran against New England. So my point is San Francisco can run the ball against this New England team. Um, podcast. Okay. All right. I've restarted now. So like I said, this San Francisco team on a given Sunday with the right game plan, they can go up there and beat They can beat New England in a Super Bowl. New England is not unbeatable, everybody. You saw the Cleveland game. I saw the Cleveland game. Pouring down rain, second-year quarterback, uh, first-year head coach, uh, going against the best quarterback, arguably, of all time, the best coach, unarguably, of all time, Probably should change the name from the Vince Lombardi Trophy to the Bill Belichick Trophy. And Bill Belichick, like I said, hitting that uh, coaching after 70 uh, with the timing of, of, of what um, – of, of, of the story of Brady uh, selling his house and leaks like he coming back to New England. Bill Belichick is saying it's on. I'm going to go out and get me another quarterback, and I'm going to show you that I can win – without you, and Brady's saying, I'm going to show you that I can win without you. So my prediction is Brady's going to go down to Tennessee, and Bill Belichick is going to get another quarterback and sign for another four or five years and try to win a Super Bowl without Tom Brady. Uh, but like I said, the teams that could beat it, San Francisco, New Orleans, this Green Bay team, and when healthy, Kansas City can still beat this Patriot team 
I think that uh, the, this defense for Kansas City, as predicted, they have played well the last few weeks, are going to be better against the run. Okay, there was a big trade in the NFL today. Um, this was a late afternoon. New York trades with New York edition of uh, Dave Gettleman for the Giants. You Giant fans should be ecstatic about this. Gets Leonard Williams, a great player from the 2015 class to the New York Jets. Cannot believe the Jets traded this guy. Uh, they have now the Giants. They traded a third round. Let me see what I said here. Got a little bit ahead of myself. Okay. They traded a third and a fifth for next year for a guy that was like a top six pick. The Jets were receiving a third round pick in 2020 and a fifth round in 2021, as source told Adam Scheffner. The fifth round pick in 2021 can become a fourth round if Williams signs an extension with the Giants before the start of the 2021 league start year. The Jets are paying four of that $6 million remaining on the contract. The Giants came out like a bandit. I mean, you know, I had to give Dave Gettleman credit for that. It looks like he's going to do uh, so far. It looks like he's done a good job with Daniel Jones. Uh, Ingram, the tight end there. Love uh, love the pickup there. I love the Sterling Shepard player. And, of course, Saquon Barkley. He looks great. Probably shouldn't have got a quarterback. But then again, hey, look, he, he looks good, okay? Williams joins the Giants' defense. It desperately needs to make – and trust me, you can run on the Giants. You can throw on the Giants like nobody's business. But my whole point of this story, reading this, is that there is, at the very end of this, um, the general manager, uh, Mike – McGannon of the Jets was fired in May. Uh, the 2015 draft for the New York Jets is completely wiped out. Not one player remains on the Jets roster. Four years later, you have no players. And my point is that, you know, these owners go on and on about hiring new GMs, uh, firing co uh demanding GMs to fire coaches and all this stuff. And my thing is go out and do it. I either, either blow it all up one way um, or blow it all up the other way. Other words, don't, don't command a general manager to fire a coach that he didn't even hire in the first place and then turn, you know, it, it, hire, hire the general man, hire the president, the general manager, then have the general manager hire the coach. If that coach uh, screws up, and you, if that coach screws up, yeah, I know. I'll talk. I've already talked. I'll come back to that here in a middle bit. Then go out and give him the, the authority to hire another coach. But you, as an owner, can with all these sites, Pro Football Focus. Uh, the NFL.com, you can read up on how well your staff is doing. My point is that these, this is a general manager lead. I mean, this is a general manager uh, player de uh, development lead. So, and your general manager should have an eye for the good coaches. You know, stop firing head coaches. It may be the general manager's fault, you know. And and the Jets, they went out and drafted Quentin. Um, what's this guy's name? He was a, the third pick overall from um, from the um, from Alabama, and he's playing defensive tackle. So they have messed up on everybody. You know, I mean, Sam Darnold, Adam Gase. I mean, yeah, that's fine. But this Jets team has to start over. Yeah, Quinn Williams. Thank you. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. So they went out. Quinn Williams is basically uh, taking up for the – Leonard Williams is a great player. The Giants came out like a bandit there. You know, Chris Chris Johnson, he's a younger – it's Woody Johnson's son, and that's probably the one who's making the mistake. 
But go out and look, and I've talked about this before with the with the, the debacle in Washington with Bruce Allen, with Dan Snyder. Look what the Baltimore Ravens are doing as far as Ozzie Newsom, their owner. Go out and get uh, player personnel people from those organizations. You can go out and find that. But when when you when you tell these guys fire this person, fire that person, what they really need to do is. Hire your general manager and president and say, how much money does it take to get the best scouts? How much? If you guys want to spend all this money on these high-dollar coaches like the Haslam family does from Cleveland, and this, jet, this Jets co- uh, owner is a people pleaser. He wants to make the back page of the New York Post more than he wants to win football games. And his son's the same way. You know, they would have pandered these players and all that and all this anthem crap, instead of just getting down to it and say, let's go get the best area scouts in the country, they have no players left from the 2015 draft. No players left. You know? And then you got an opposite situation, what I'm going to talk about. GM coaches had too much heat. Yeah, I know. That's right, and that's the problem. You know, if I if I'm if I am a if if in this day and age if if I'm an owner, you talk to these guys and say, "Let who's the who's the best scouts? Let's go hire away scouts from other organizations. Let's double their pay, and let's just get this done. This is a team effort. It's a team effort. When when you have and I've talked about this before, when you have a head coach." that wants to be the general manager and the head coach. There's not too many uh, Jimmy Johnsons and Bill, but most of the time that fails. That fails in basketball. That fails in football. Mike Holmgren, when he stepped down, when he stepped down as being the, the general manager and the head coach, they got to the Super Bowl. Bill Belichick, I know he gets a lot of final say on everything and all that. But he does actually have a general manager. It's not like he's doing the whole thing. Uh, Tom Thibodeau in Minnesota in basketball, he's got fired. Uh, the former head coach of um, Kentucky basketball in the Boston Celtics, he said the worst thing he could do was, um, who was the guy's name? I forgot his name. He's won multiple national championships. He's currently out of basketball. I think he's coaching overseas. He got into some trouble. But anyways, his point was about the Boston Celtics. He said, my point was, I cannot be general manager and coach because I'm worried about saving money on one end and developing players on the other end. That's a problem with the Jets. Get your general managers. Trust them general managers. Go out and hire those scouts. And you're right. They do not have the big enough ego to go against what their scouts are saying. And then the coach has got to be on the same page. But just don't do them out of order. Just hire Hire president, general manager, coach. And if you got to fire everybody, fire everybody. But don't hire the coach before you hire the general manager. That's what kills me with these organizations. Tennessee did that, and now they're on another coach since then. But that's why bad organizations remain bad. You feel sorry for them, like Miami and stuff, but they make the same mistakes over and over again. Why is Bruce Allen still the general manager or president of the Washington Redskins beats all I've ever seen? Is it, does he have pictures of, of Daniel Snyder or something? Does he have a blackmail on Daniel Snyder? I mean, they're, they're a complete dumpster fire. They haven't done nothing since he's been there, you know? I know. I mean, that's just – I talked about that weeks ago. You know, Bruce Allen's a problem. Get rid of Bruce Allen. Then let go out and get – Get you a good personnel person. There's plenty. I mean, you can go to search for if, if you're complete. If I'm an owner and I'm ignorant and I don't know anything about the NFL, you can hire a search firm for that stuff. Yeah, it must be his buddy or something, you know. I mean, he must be Snyder's buddy. I know Snyder's a big F up too. Always wanting to play these big free aid. Now they're trying. They can't give away Josh Norman in the trade. I don't know if you heard about that. They've been trying to shop him around. They gave him all that money over from Carolina. He ain't done nothing. 
Yeah, you got to hire the right people and you got to take a step back and say, let's give these ties some time to develop it. Talked about Cleveland earlier. They've got a good coach in there. They've got a good scheme. They've got a very young team there. Give them another complete year. Now, if those penalties are way up and they're two and five this time next year, then you might want to think about uh, firing them. But for right now, all these knuckleheads like Rex Ryan and, and, and all those guys saying, go ahead and fire uh, Freddie Kitchens now, what kind of message does that send? Well, he probably, yeah, that's right. I mean, when you choose a position coach all the way to head coach, just because he gets along with a quarterback, that's an idiotic thing to do. I do like the guy's scheme. Maybe, yeah, they probably should have kept him, uh, uh, Greg Williams, and kept this guy as an offensive coordinator. That being said, that's over, said, and done with. Uh, give this guy another year to develop, and if it don't happen, then fire him. But don't fire him. Don't, just don't fire him now. Uh, that's the problem with Cleveland. They, they give up too easy, and they end up being a disaster. Uh, but, yeah, that that Leonard Williams, uh, the Giants got a steal with this guy from um, – and they're talking about $10 million. That's nothing for a defensive guy that can uh, rush the passer. Uh, also in the news, late um, one of you guys sent me, Ken Wisenhunt was fired as an offensive coordinator. Now, this is the team that's the other way around. This team and this L.A. Chargers team, they have a deep roster. Austin Eckler running back. Melvin Gordon, who could get traded tomorrow as we speak. Uh, Keenan Allen. Mike Williams. Hunter Henry. Uh, Hall of Fame quarterback. Yeah, but now well, he's good at stopping the run. I, I've been keeping up with Leonard Williams. I watch a lot of their games. He's not the best pass rusher in the world, but he's more of a uh, – playing over the nose of the ball kind of he's not a tackle per se but he's great at stopping the run he's better for the other system that they had and I, I just think it was just he was not placed right I followed him watched all of his games but anyways moving on everybody Ken Wisenhunt fired as an offensive coordinator for the Chargers I'm out of Nashville Tennessee Ken Wisenhunt was a god-awful head coach for the Titans uh, Marcus Mariota almost got killed in his first year here. Um, Amy Adams Strunk, the owner, watched one of the games live, and she said this guy's getting our quarterback killed, and she fired him the next day. That was when they played at Houston. Uh, by the way, with all those players I just named, the Chargers are 23rd in points per game, 26, uh, excuse me, 28 rushing yards, 23rd in turnovers. Red zone uh, scoring percentage, they're 31st. That is bottom, bottom, bottom. Uh, don't tell me if it's because Melvin Gordon's not in there. It's because of Ken Wisenhunt. I know that their offensive line is ranked towards the middle of the, the bottom. My point is, is what I just talked about earlier tonight. Cal Shanahan, why don't other people? Uh, Gary Kubiak is the offensive assistant slash coordinator of the Minnesota Vikings. Um, Terrell Davis. Anybody ever heard of Terrell Davis? He worked with a 36 to 38 year old quarterback named John Elway and ran for 2,000 yards under, ironically, Cal Shanahan's dad, Mike Shanahan. That's what kind of offensive coordinator that this Charger team who missed their window last year go out there and get one of these coaches, maybe get one of Cal Shanahan's assistants who's all over the place. I love, hey, that zone blocking running scheme, I was telling my dad the other day, why don't other teams do that in the league? Look how good Minnesota's looking Davin Cook. Davin Cook is a pretty good running back. This guy's not O.J. Simpson or Bo, uh, Bo Jackson or uh, Barry Sanders. This guy is running off of a good scheme. Uh, uh, he, they needed Mike Shanahan type of uh, offensive coordinator to establish that zone blocking scheme in, in L.A., you've got two running backs there. You've got a Hall of Fame-level quarterback there. You've got one uh, – Cal, uh, Cal Allen is, is broken all the records in, in Charger history for receivers, everybody. They're just not winning right now. Uh, Anthony Lynn saying he needed a change and all that. Anthony Lynn's being nice. This guy has lived off of uh, – Philip Rivers, for the most of his career, uh, Ken Wisenhunt. And I think he coached Ben Roethlisberger, too. He's very fortunate. 
but uh, you want to you want to establish that type of running style with this team. This team can beat anybody out there. They've got players on defense. Uh, one of their best safeties out. This safety they got from Florida State last year. Uh, he's been out all year. The other safety's out. They're they're hiring uh, relying heavily on Joy Bosa and his younger brother Nick is killing it in San Francisco. They do have a good pass rush for him and Melvin Gordon. This team does have good scouts. This team does have a good general manager. They just have a crappy offensive coordinator. Don't have a bad head coach. Always had kicking problems, in my opinion. But uh, you go out there, pay the money. There's plenty of coaches out there in a college game, everybody, that can help get you that zone-blocking running scheme. And this Charger team right here, could possibly make a run, but they've got to do this quickly. Uh, this season's probably going to be a wash for LA, but I'm saying within the next two years, uh, when they get this new stadium and all that crap, go out there and get this kind of a coach. Uh, you've got the players in hand. You've got the scouting. you got the management. This team is another team that can make a run in the AFC. There's not a lot of uh, – I mean, I know they got a tough division, Remember what they did last year. Well, yeah, they've underachieved for many reasons. For one thing, they've never had a great kicker. You know, uh, they've had team, they've had head coaches like North Turner is a great offensive coordinator. That's the kind of guy you want to get. He's a terrible head coach. Anthony Lynn might not be a, a great head coach here. I don't know, but I do know if they had a better offensive coordinator. A zone block and running, modern day type of any kind of offense where Rivers gets the ball out of his hand. It looks like that Rivers is playing a good, um, uh, what do you call it, West Coast type of offense. But I think a lot of that is is he, he is uh, playing hero ball and just getting rid of the ball. Uh, he's just got a good a knack for getting rid of the football. I think that this Phillip uh, Rivers. With a better system, look what happened. Look what look. Green Bay should be undefeated. They've got a different offensive scheme for for Rodgers, and I know Rodgers is super talented. I get it, everybody, but they get rid of the ball at the line of scrimmage. They do a lot of quick screens and passes like that for Green Bay. We saw what Green Bay's doing. A lot of that is off of what you call it. It is, man. Yeah. Yeah, now zone blocking now, and there's here's another bad thing about zone blocking. It gets your running back if 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 one of the quick linebackers on the other side uh, that you run through, you're blocking air, you're blocking space. Uh, Tevin Coleman got a torn ACL. You will get your running back blown up. That's the flip side of zone blocking. Uh, but I'll take that. Anybody heard of Aaron Foster? Uh, anybody watch those old Houston teams? Uh, Devin Cook, all that is from the offensive coordinator from Minnesota who was Mike Shanahan's assistant back in the day. He also was the head coach of um, Denver when they won the Super Bowl. I don't know why people don't copy. This is a copycat league and they're not copying. How do you think Christian McCaffrey would be in a zone blocking scheme? This guy would run for 2,000 yards and he's having an MVP type of season anyways. But, you know, look at look at what Clinton Portis did with uh, Washington under Mike Shanahan. I don't know why people just don't emulate it. It, it. It's just it beats all I've ever seen. Especially when you've got their defensive personnel, linebacker and their pass rush. So kudos to uh, Anthony Lynn. It's nothing personal against Ken Wisenhunt. He just wouldn't get the job done. It's a bottom line. It is, it, it is, it is, it, this is a bottom line league. Uh, they're at the midpoint. Now, they did beat uh, Chicago, who's having problems with their quarterback. And Matt Nagy, he, he's a great offensive coordinator, offensive minded head coach, but he can only do so much with so much talent. I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't try to go after Matt Ryan for real, guys. But I'll talk about other stories that I missed on today's program. I just wanted to say that I told you so. Yeah. Yeah, I really like what Matt and Maggie's done. I think just Trubisky, people have figured out Trubisky. He just don't have the talent. He just can't make it at quarterback for Chicago. And the Bear fans know it. 
I got some friends up in Chicago. They see it. A uh, lot of smoke and mirrors that first year, and you can see what's happened. He is an athletic guy. He works hard, but you got to the point now that you missed on Deshaun Watson and you didn't pat, draft Patrick Mahomes. Uh, that's on you, Chicago. Yeah, it would be nice if Dan Snyder would just sell the team, you know? I mean, it would be nice. But, yeah, get rid of Bruce Allen. Uh, look what – try to take somebody from that Baltimore Ravens staff. I Go back, my friend, and watch what I said about Bruce Allen. I talked about that a few weeks ago when they fired Jay Gruden, you know? He's not – he's part of the problem, but go out and get a better president. Go out and get a better general manager. You have to get those people first. These people put the cart before the horse, these owners, you know, and that just kills me like that. A lot of times these owners, they sit around here and watch these college football games and, and, and they see a guy like Jerry Jones uh, like, watches a Johnny Menzel and begs his son to uh, draft Johnny Menzel over Zach Martin. His son, Steven, talks him out of that. And look what happened now. They've got a great running game. They're in the playoffs. Think if they would have had a guy like Johnny Menzel and completely missed out on a Dak Prescott and an all-pro like Zach Martin. It's just little things like that is the difference between winning and losing. So I think that's a good uh, – Johnny Menzel over Zach Martin. Menzel, the, just all kinds of off-the-field alcohol problems and everything else. And uh, Zach Martin sitting there killing it for the Cowboys who I did say would win. But anyways, I'll get to other stories tomorrow, everybody. Thank you for watching the program. Retweet the program. Just want to end the show on this recap. I think Brady is, is making uh, making his uh, state known, or Belichick. I want to coach a few more years into my 70s without Brady. Uh, Brady's already let it be known. He fired the first shot. Now he's really kind of wanting to get out of New England and show me up. And I'm letting WEI and the nation know that I want to coach up in my 70s. And I'm going to show him uh, that it's not all about him. It's more about me. That's just what I read out of that comment that Bill Belichick made today. Looked like I got a pretty healthy audience tonight. Guys, if you like the program, please retweet it at rbutler723. Uh, you can watch it on Periscope. I've got uh, 169 broadcasts. Go back and watch some of my former shows. I called a lot of this stuff way before it's happened. I actually had Green Bay in the Super Bowl uh, losing to Kansas City. And you see the way that was without with Patrick Mahomes. I think Kansas City wins that game. So, anyways, I'll be back on tomorrow, 1130. We'll talk about that college football game, by the way. Uh, Jim Harbaugh, get into some of those college games there. Talk about LSU and all that good stuff. Maybe in the biggest win of his career, beating Notre Dame like that. Uh, talk about Ohio State, how impressed I am with them. They should be the number one team in the country. Did not think I would say that coming in with Clemson and Alabama and all these guys in Georgia. But but the fact that uh, Ohio, Oklahoma lost opens the uh, window up for everybody else. But I'll get to all that tomorrow and some uh, storylines in the NFL that I miss. Have a good night, everybody. I'll see you tomorrow around 11 p.m. Central Time. Uh, keep an eye on your, uh, if you're going to be up to midnight, maybe past 11, because that means I'm probably working on some more information. Have a good night.